How you doing, man? Hi, good. Yeah. I was. This was supposed to be the work that they did dedicated to uh, kind of going through the attribution analytics and everything for for a new client. But like, I almost closed three clients today. I mean, I'll, they will be closed. They just maybe don't know it yet. But yeah, uh, it kind of happened all by through referrals and like. Mm. The totally day block for something else turned out to the to the day of discovery calls. Right, <laughs> that's good. Just a, just a regular day in the hood, as they say. That's good. That's good. Um, are you still uh, focusing on that five k package, or are those leads for something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not not five k, but five k is a start. So, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, it, it's. Um, yeah, I think because you sent it to me a while back, right? Um, what that package was. And uh, yeah, I think that package makes a lot of sense. A lot of companies should take you on that because basically you're, you're coming in as like their outsource demand gen team and then they just build it for one employee in America or less would cost. So yeah, it all, it all depends how it goes. But yeah, that's where we are competitive in right. like. We, we still have uh, employees in Europe and that's like a lot cheaper than in US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you guys have found a good, a good opportunity there. Um, I have about 35, 40 minutes. I have prepared a few questions that I wanted to like discuss with you. Nice. And we can kind of jump right into it. Um, so, we're actually talking about, um, well, welcome we, everyone. Oh we, uh, yeah, we're recording, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's recording. So welcome everyone to um, another episode of B2B Weekly. Today, I think we have very interesting topics to talk about. Um, we were just talking off camera about um, pricing and different packages that uh, Nemanja and Funky Marketing have deployed over this year, which I think are super exciting. You should go to their website and check them out. Um, but this kind of drives me to the question of whether B2B service-based businesses, so marketing agencies, demand gen agencies, uh, should include their pricing on their website or should that something be hidden um, until you have a discovery call and then you have put together a plan for them? Uh, the reason I'm asking this question is because actually we're redoing our website and it's something that I'm debating whether to include that or not. I still don't have an answer, uh, but we'd love to hear about like what you guys are doing and what you think is the best practice for this type of marketing agencies. I have some thoughts that I'll jump after you. After yeah, you yeah, I, w- I would like to hear your thoughts um, because like the overview of what's going on in the industry and like the people, let's say most of them in demand gen that I analyzed, um, most of them don't have a pricing on the website. They don't have the packages. They don't have even the pricing, maybe the starting price and, and that's it. Because like a lot of them are focused on, on SEO. Um, SEO is the bigger deal in the packages. So, uh, I mean, when it comes to SEO, a lot of things are like foggy and a lot of people don't want to put the pricing up ahead because like it's hard thing to sell and I mean, hard thing to implement as well. So uh, you need to know what you're doing 
also all depends on, on all other things like now account based marketing is something that's uh, that's um, very I think like talkable topic inside right. these circles and uh, who knows companies are doing it differently and they're hiring different vendors using different tools tools for that and I think Overall, uh, what we miss is kind of the transparency when it comes to when it comes to that. Um, the only company that I saw that they, they have a pricing uh, was Refine Labs, and um, now with with redesign, I think they, they, they just have like the starting the yep. starting price, and then all depending on the advertising budget and additional things that you add to it. I mean, even that's that's okay. That's uh, that's uh, something that. People know where you are starting with your pricing and what you can expect. That's also okay. Um, for us, for now, like not even a month with the uh, with the pricing uh, packages on the on the website, we have the experience is that uh, that people feel like they know what they can expect for the certain um, amount of money, and they are coming to us with like at least the minimum that they have. And so, depend comparing it to what we had before, it's just like the starting, the starting price. Um, it's much different, and it's different because it was lower, and now we kind of raise the prices. And so I cannot really compare it to what's happening before. But so far, it's working good. Nobody says nobody that, that came to the discovery call and schedule a call actually said that. Uh, they cannot, they can't afford it, which means that there we are actually at getting the right people to the to the contact us page to schedule a call to look at the pricing and everything. And we don't have many many leads. Like uh, all of all of the guys that came to the that came to the contact us page and schedule a call, all of them um, we were able to convert. So basically, we don't have like. MQLs or the people who are just here to to check out kind of what's happening. We got a few emails of people asking like, what do we get for the 5,000 or like most of them coming from Serbia. So I get why they are asking. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically the, the overview so far. Yeah, um, I think like I, I love your arguments and um, I think the answer is it depends, right? Like every a lot of marketing stuff, it depends. Um, one, I think it depends on the type of service that you sell. So it's a very custom service that you're providing, then it's impossible for you to put a price because it depends on so many variables. Um, so like if you're doing like web development, like it's hard to do to put a price on that because it depends on like the scope of the project, how quick you want it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but when you're selling a productized service, right? Like even, even when you guys are doing, it, it's kind of productized. It's a product that you guys are selling because it's the same thing. It's obviously it changes, but it's, it's the same kind of deliverables over and over again. It's the same strategy that you put in place. Um, so I think that's when like you can consider it. Um, and if we believe in being customer centric, then we're going to add, add it there. Personally, I don't want to add it. Like, I don't want them to see the pricing. I want them to come to the call, me share the value, and then be like, 
here's the pricing because of that value. Like I, I'd rather share that at the beginning, but I understand that for them as a buyer, what they want is to see the pricing and say, okay, I can afford that or not. Uh, which make, puts even more emphasis on educating them on the value before they go to the website, right? Through your content, uh, through your demand gen strategy, they should be able to understand, okay, this is going to be a great ROI investment. Let me just see how much it is. And, and that's when like, you can put the pricing on the side. Um, what you said, I think makes a lot of sense because it really filters down the people that cannot afford it. Right? You might be missing on a few people that you could have convinced uh, through the value on the sales call and they didn't even take the step to join the sales call. But I think overall, you're getting the right people and, and you're filtering that. Um, but obviously, each business is different. If you're listening, like, don't just listen to us, but I think these are some things to consider when you're like thinking about, should I put the pricing there? Should I don't? Um, I don't know if you have more thoughts on this, but one thing yeah, that there, you mentioned. There, there's, go ahead. there's also one thing, one thing that, uh, that I should mention is that we tend to be more flexible. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily stick to the, to the packages. Cause if somebody comes and they say like, we didn't do anything when it comes to like content or we did very little and we want to also like, um, grow more from the organic visit sites, from the, from the search engines, from Google, then, you know, if they aren't in the mood for uh, distributing content uh, through ads, maybe they want to focus on, let's say, LinkedIn organic or social media organic or something else, but they want to invest more in content than into distribution. Mm -hmm. Like it makes more sense to kind of, uh, put emphasis on the content instead of like adding the, the advertising to the package. I mean, we can always change that further. So we tend to be flexible. And also one thing that I, uh, I've noticed and uh, companies have told me is that every demand gen, gen uh, agency out there uh, that I know of uh, are doing the one year long um, commitment mm -hmm. for the clients. And when you have uh, companies that have never invested in demand gen or in working with a, with a serious uh, agency, then they have certain scare of that, right. like in uh, committing to a, to a year long deal, especially around the environment that's created around agencies that don't uh, actually um, deliver results or implement those kind of things. And like, we tend to go with three months minimum. That's it. And then like we see what's the fit. Is there a fit? Are we okay? Then we continue further or we go away. It also, it also happens, but just so we can actually see what's working. We need time first to analyze things, then to implement and uh, see what's working. We need at least three months. That's how, how we start. So just, just wanted to bring that, that up. So to clarify. That's a good point. I mean, I think, you and I are really believers in being customer centric, right? Versus what we want. And obviously we would love a year long contract. I like, I would like, I'm in love with them, but I understand and I'm empathetic to the buyer and they don't want that. So I think it's like you as a founder, or as a marketer that having that empathy and, and being buyer centric 
I think can really put you in a position where you differentiate yourself. Right? Just just by adding that three month commitment instead of a year, like, I'd feel much more comfortable jumping in. And and then we have you have time to like prove that you know what you're doing. Obviously, three months is still a short period of time, but it, it's a differentiator from that. And it, it's yeah, interesting. Most of the time, it's it's the it's the deal maker. Right. You know, because you said, okay, let give us three months, let's start. Then we can see. I mean, we are um, honest people. If something's wrong or not, like we're not gonna go to the court or or do some things or say if we're not a fit, we won't work together. It is as simple as that. Right. Yeah, we're doing month to month, and I'm thinking about changing it to three months, um, just because content is is something that requires a bit more commitment, and just to filter those people who are like. I just want to try one month versus, you know, getting three months. So that's something that we're probably changing. But yeah, I think we're never going to go to a year long commitment, at least not now. Um, we've kind of touched on a few things I want to ask you. But let's start with, uh, we've talked about competition, right? We talked about how Refine Labs has their starting package, how other companies do not have any pricing on the website, how they're doing 12 months versus three months. Um, I want to ask you, how much impact does competition play on your thinking, on, on your practices? How much attention do you pay to competition versus, um, like, do you, do you think about them at all? Do you analyze them? Do you research them? What, what's your thought on, on competition? I mean, I don't, I don't analyze them and I don't, don't research them. Um, but, like, we are here in the same space. So you cannot not notice some, some things. And I like to learn from them, to be honest. To be honest, they make me a better marketer. Right. Like a lot of them, I don't consider them as competitors because it's a huge space and we are not in the same pricing level. We are not in the same when it comes to the every service that we provide. So it's kind of different. And we are different with the way we communicate. We are different in the way that our messaging is the way our branding is. I mean, they are different from us as well. So that's kind of how it is. Uh, to be honest, uh, those are the guys that are changing the industry and I'm learning a lot from them and kind of trying to, uh, to follow on some point and on some points to also change some things myself. Makes sense. Um, do you think that, so, so you don't have that mindset of like, I have to beat them or uh, like it's a one, like, do you see it as like a one wins all or do you see it as everybody can win? No, I mean, basically we are in the game of changing the game, changing the B2B industry. So one agency cannot do it. One man cannot do it. It needs even more than three companies, the agencies. It takes a lot more to do that. So, we are here to influence the others through the services we are doing, through the customers, through our messaging, through the people that are following us. Uh, so all those things came into consider. And um, yeah, so basically that's it. I don't um, mind if somebody else is creating the category, you know, like we're still not there. We're not that powerful so we can jump in and like get the funding on trade. It's the different game that we are playing. So it's, um, more of the game of uh, a company coming from a third world country because that's 
what Serbia is. It's not even the part of the EU officially. So even though we're in, in the EU demographically, uh, but like and entering the, the EU market, entering the US market, changing things a little bit, making some new standards, differentiation based on that. Also um, telling the story about about the people from the country about and now we are becoming more of like mixture of countries so also telling the story from from people from different environment different countries coming together to do something significant it sounds like a fairy tale <laughs> <laughs> no but, but you guys do very good the storytelling side of things i, I think you guys are one of the companies who like looks more like a d2c company versus a b2b i, I think you guys have achieved that and we'll continue to do that. Uh, for me, I, I think of it as a bit different. Maybe it's because I'm younger and more stupid, but I think of it more as an actual competition. Um, that there are the, maybe two or three people who kind of do what we do. Um, and I didn't research them because I didn't want to, just because I, like, it, it, knowing that there's competition starts giving you like sec, like doubts, right? Like, are we better than well, that? Do you think you will start copying them or something else? Right. So like, uh, but obviously, like you said, we're in the same space. So we come across each other. Um, I'm actually meeting one of them, the, the founder of one tomorrow, who's like the same age as me and, and we're like going to chop it up. So I'm, I'm good with the founder, but I hate the companies. Like I really, really hate them and I want to beat them so bad. Uh, so, so that's just like my approach personally. I think it's going to change over time. Um, but I have that, you know, like basketball mentality still of like who, who wins? Like, are we going to win or are they going to win? Obviously, like I understand your idea of like if together we're changing the game of how founders and CEOs and B2B are going to create content and create their personal brand, like that's going to elevate all of us, right? Uh, but I don't like maybe just like to use it as motivation. But for me, it's more about like we're competing. Let's see who wins. Whoever signs the best clients, whoever runs the best business is the one that wins, which is stupid when I say it out loud. But mentally, it's something that like it gives me motivation to keep going. So I use it. Um, but I think this shows like there's no one right approach. You can look at competition and everything else in, in different ways and all of them yeah. are nece not necessarily wrong or right. Well, it's good if you don't get to extremes, that's, right. that, that's all good. And I'm kind of looking at like where we are starting, where like the people that we consider as competitors are starting. It's totally like this and this. So we still need to come up to this. And while we are going here, they are moving up. So right. we need to double or triple what we are doing and the results that we are achieving just to get to where they're starting. Right. But, but even just looking at them, I think it pushes you farther, right? Because yeah. yeah, definitely. Otherwise, it's easy to get complacent. Um, I remember this. One, one of my favorite songs is by Kendrick Lamar, the, the rapper. And he, the song is called Control. And basically, he talks about how he loves all the rappers, but he wants to murder them and, and beat them, right? So like the, the song is amazing and it's the same way. Like I, I love people who are on the same space, 
but at the same time, I, I want to beat you. Uh, but at least that's my, you, like you that's know, my approach. You know that one, uh, that one from that Gary V used for the intro, that also goes with you. So like, cause we're gonna be legends. Oh, I know that. Get nice. their attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah cause uh, what we do isn't just scary. It's gonna be legendary. Yeah, that's right. True. Yeah, but, but it's it's interesting how we approach that differently. Um, moving to uh, something you mentioned before about companies that don't feel like doing the distribution of their content and they just have to start creating the content because they haven't done it yet. Um, I just want to hear a bit more about your uh, Facebook ads distribution content. So distributing content through Facebook, uh, which I'm guessing is the platform that you use the most. Um, what are some bad, best practices? What are some tips that people should know about in terms of distributing their content through paid advertising? Um, to, just to give you some context, the reason I'm asking is because we're starting to put out a long article or a, a longer form article every week. And obviously we're thinking about how to distribute it. So what's companies that have articles or content or stuff that they want to share with their audience, how, do they, how should they do it with paid ads? What platform? Yeah, if budget? it's a long form articles, I don't think they are the right fit for the, for the Facebook ads distribution. Uh, just because you cannot read them in like up to three or four minutes, just uh, just based based on that, and this is how much everybody can can spend on the platform and are spending on let's Facebook on Instagram, no matter like what's happening in their day. Um, the content that's more for uh, for Facebook advertising, it's like news like articles, uh, short case studies, um, testimonials those kind of things. Um, but I mean, you can try. There, there's always a thing to, to watch. Uh, I mean, how do we do it? We go into the two different target groups. One are the decision makers and one are the people that will um, actually communicate with you if you are, um, they are using the services, basically. So they are not decision makers, but they will, let's say the, in our case, it's the CMO, mm -hmm. possibly. So um, we go to two of those groups. And first, when we got demographics and everything, you can go into two ways. You can go into being uh, being more general and going a little bit a little bit wider. Facebook is the platform when you are going wider. LinkedIn is the platform when you are going more, um, more with strategic account-based uh, mindset. And that's how you target people. Um, so on Facebook, you go wider, uh, the, the audience that's working the best, uh, in most cases, it's, um, like 120,000 people mm. around that, around that number. Uh, now you can go higher and like, I usually go with, uh, with the wider approach and then like, I see who's reacting on channel level. Do we have the right people? If you have the right people, okay, that's, that's cool. If we don't have it, then we need to narrow it down by, by specific interest. Um, and then, so we can just get the, get the best leads out of it or the best people that are, uh, that are coming to the website. You, you check on who's liking, who's commenting on the ads uh just to see what's what's going on uh and then on the on the landing page on the website you follow if those people are actually 
consuming the content, how much time they are spending, because you know how long is the article and how much time do they need to actually read through it. Uh, so that's also one thing. Um, how do I, the conversion setup, I think, is the important part here. And it's um, landing page. Uh, I like to go with, uh, with the landing page views. So that's the conversion people that are coming to, um, to the specific page on a website. That's like conversion. And I like to do that. Um, just to kind of give me a clear overview of what's going on, because it's like clicks. It doesn't give you anything and you cannot do the, um, I mean, for the clicks, it's like traffic campaign, but for this, you can go with conversion campaign and then it gives you the people that are uh, actually doing that conversion that it is in your case, like uh, actually reading. What's going on also, um, I like to separate Facebook from Instagram, like, mm -hmm. and use it uh, maybe in a two different ad sets, uh, just because it can go on one way or the other, uh, take too much, right? Uh, too much, uh, out of the budget. So you kind of see what's going on and just, um, react to that. And that's basically, that's basically, basically it, uh, always keep it simple as you, as you know, already know, keep mm -hmm. it simple and watch and see what's happening also one one thing that you can do additionally and it's always a good thing like if you are going with specific articles uh with a specific name uh kind of like you're doing with your linkedin posts and calling up like uh ceos of b2b companies but like more specifically with the industry or related to the service or those kind of things um then you can kind of uh, go with retargeting of those people that are coming to the page and kind of offering them the services or maybe to subscribe to the newsletter, depending on what's your goal. And just to uh, basically get them to another platform to do something else and to kind of continue the, the conversation with them. I mean, possibly you have all that on the website, so it's happening on the website, but if it's not happening, you can always get them back. But then you, you already know what they are interested in. Right. I it's, like that. It's more, more specific. So you, you, you can tell them in, in the ad, like, Hey, I know you, you read the art, this, this article, I know you're interested in this topic. So I want, if you want to talk more about it, I can give you like 50 minutes of my time or half an hour to kind of jump in and see the way I can help you or something else. Yeah. What should, um, what should clients of yours that run those campaigns expect? I know that's a very vague question. Like, what are some of the things that should they should start seeing after certain time investing with you guys into that? Yeah, uh, I mean, for this, they basically what's going on. We are educating them, and uh, when they feel that they have enough information, they go back to the decision maker. If they are not the decision maker, so influencing the decision maker in the company, and depending on how much time does it take to do that they are coming or the CEO is coming or the CFO, whoever it is, uh, the one that's doing it, coming back or scheduling the call or buying the service, depending how, how it goes. And basically we need to learn how to stay patient. If we have seen all the signs and we looked everything, it's going to happen. Um, so that's, uh, that's one of, one of those things. Um, let me just think what I else wanted to say. 
Ah, what, what was the question? What they, what they can expect? What should they right? expect? So mostly inbound leads through that content generated, right? Uh, yeah, it's basic, basically fast forwarding the, the moment when content starts working. Right. Basically, that's it. Because we are not doing it organically and wait for that to happen. We are distributing into the specific people and kind of moving, moving those things forward. What's the minimum budget that you think people should um, have uh, let's let's base it on American people um, in order to distribute content at what point do you think it starts to make sense like ad spend obviously without the management fee it it all it all depends it's right. it's very it's, I think it's very different and when I run it every time it's it's a little bit it's a little bit different and um, it all depends like are you using just like just Facebook or you're using Instagram as well, or if you are using also some other platforms to do it. I mean, we do it in the Facebook feed and Instagram stories, mm -hmm. but it's where it is most effective, but you can do it also in the Instagram feed, for example, or something else. And it all depends on how are you targeting the right people? Are they doing the right steps? Then like Facebook works for you to allow you to, to go there. Why I did mention like custom conversions and conversion campaign because depending on which campaign you are choosing, that's how Facebook is choosing people uh, that's going to react to it. So if you said traffic is the people that just go to the website. If it's conversion, then it's specific thing that they are doing. Right. If it's engagement, it's engagement. So they will engage. They they won't go to the website or, or some of them will, but that's not the main thing that they are going at. Right. So you need to choose just just one thing and focus and focus on that. Makes sense. Uh, I can I can tell just one more thing because I just remember something. Uh, what we used to do and I think it still works. It's something totally different. Uh, when you want to get engagement on your Facebook pages, because nobody's doing that anymore. But uh, like if you want to do it, one thing that you can do is you can go with two campaigns at one time. So it's like traffic campaign to get people to the website, but also doing campaign to the same target group for engagement. So getting from that target group, people who will engage on the post and also in the engagement campaign, you have the option to add a link to the mm. website as well. And it's kind of doing the two campaigns and one time for the same target group it, it, and for the same ad, for the same post, basically it lowers the, the, the cost. Right, because it has the social proof as well. Yeah, yeah, and and you are using basically the the same post for for, uh, for two campaigns, and it lowers uh, significantly the the costs. I love that. I have two more questions. Uh, I think we have eight ten minutes left because I have a a meeting after. Be fast. Uh, so, two questions. One, what are some proactive strategies that you found uh, to lower the churn of your clients? So what can service-based businesses, aka agencies, do to lower the churn? Um, I'll start with one that's really easy and kind of think involves everything else, but then we'll go into the actual strategies, which is deliver for great fucking results. When you deliver great fucking results, people don't want to leave you. But, what, but other than the obvious, what are some things that you've found that are helping to uh, lower the churn of your clients? Um, for me, uh, one of them has been having a great onboarding process. So improving the onboarding process has helped me uh, create more trust from the very beginning. 
which I don't think we have like perfect yet, but it's better. And that's one of the things it's, it's never to. perfect. It's never perfect, yeah. But it should like it's significantly better. Uh, but what else are you doing to like make sure the clients stay and work with you for a longer time? Yeah, let's go. Let's go from the start. First, like onboarding. Yeah, I like to set up the expectations even well, on the discovery call. Do you mind if I interrupt uh-huh. you real quick? One, signing the right clients. Like I think before even the onboarding, like yeah. signing on clients that are a great fit versus signing on clients that want to give you money. Like that's one of the things that are going to help really significantly lower the churn. But sorry, um, onboarding. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, so in, uh, I mean, just one of the topics that we talked a lot about, so I don't want to get into yep. it, but like onboarding, yeah, uh, it should um, should be able to uh, to lower the friction as much as possible because the trust isn't, is it started to, to build up, but it's not there yet. So by providing what's going to happen in the next days, dates, times, uh, deadlines, I mean, that's always okay to kind of set up the expectations. Um, also, um, one of the things, long-term looking, this is just from the start, long-term thinking, like uh, we tend to, um, to suggest new thing uh, like every, every two weeks. When I say new thing, uh, it doesn't have to be something significant because if you set up everything right, you don't need to go with much things, but kind of try to innovate when it comes to the creative things, when it comes to um, yeah, specific things you are, you are doing. Because in a way, like we go with, we start posting, let's say then in like we need two weeks or a month and then we go with sending welcome messages. So after we do that, then we go with, with more post or additional things. Then we go into something else. So uh, that's how it goes. Also like um, our pages and personal profiles uh, and all the platforms that we are using. It's also the platforms where the clients came from and also the platforms that clients are using. So we are talking a lot about our experience with other clients, with other industries, uh, also the things that come out of those conversations, like from the discovery calls, uh, and they're reading, watching, listening, and they're uh, proposing to us like, aha, so you did this, maybe it's a good fit for us, can we go into that? And that kind of not only um, stops the churn, but it also allow us to extend the deals. Mm. Um, I, I love that. Um, personally, I think like also improving how you communicate with them, like you said, having a cadence of like bringing new ideas to, to the table um, is an excellent one. I think managing expectations from the sales process during the onboarding and then later that's one of the keys, right? Especially when you're doing something like content or demand gen. Um, that's an important one as well. In getting some low hanging fruit, like getting some quick wins at the beginning, I think it's important, right? Like for example, we started with like um, optimizing the LinkedIn profile. So like the first day or the first two days, they've already gotten so much value from us and now they have a LinkedIn profile that is going to convert and now they're starting to see some quick wins right uh so like setting up what's the how can we like set up a calendar or 
linking to the contact page, all, all those things that are going to help get quick wins, I think are crucial. And, and it's something that is, that should be in everyone's top of mind as a founder, because it's easy to get a leaky bucket where you like are focused on getting new business, but at the end of the day, it's important to keep them or you're not going to be able to grow. Um, something we've started doing is having a, like a customer churn interview where we send them either a form or we get them on a meeting um, at the end if they decide to move away just so we can get better and understand what's happening. And, and yeah, this is like a huge topic. I think that a lot of people don't talk because it's not that sexy, but like it's huge for a service-based business to keep growing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just wrote a post yesterday about it. Oh, really? About oh, that's it. Yeah, that CEOs should post their own posts, but also like doing the video interview with the, with the CEO is also kind of the same as posting because they give you all the answers you get through the text, through the videos, whatever you do it. Uh, one thing I want to say f to, to, end, uh, to end this, um, and the thing that we often forget, especially in demand gen, it's uh, like measuring the right things, setting up the analytics and see what, what the company has been doing in the past before you actually start doing things. It's extremely important even, um, it can be one thing that can, uh, that can take you further than ever or your journey can be the shortest as possible if you try doing things just because you, you, you think other companies are doing it and this is what you should do with everybody. Uh, and then you start doing it and uh, like in a couple of months, you see that you didn't set up the right metrics. You are measuring things that are not important. You are uh, doing some things that will, won't get you anything. So it's important to jump into that and analyze, nerd on the things and then go ahead and CR, including also the, the CRM, the social media channels, including the analytics, search console, everything that, uh, every tool that they are using. Right. Yeah, and, and then you have to be able to communicate that without like offending them and like breaking that relationship right away. So it's no, no, man. Look, like uh, you edit uh, as one of the services, right. as one of the part of the services, and that's how you do it because uh, you need to communicate that beforehand because they know that you need time to do that before you actually start. Those are like the first wins, including those things that you mentioned, like. Um, Analyzing the LinkedIn profiles, the website, the is it optimized for conversion, those kind of things. Those are like all the first things. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And especially if you add that as part of the services. Um, I had another one. I actually had a couple more uh, topics to be discussed, but we can keep them for next uh, week. Um, this is a good one. I think we had, we touched on a few interesting things that yeah, I think I think we we should should get more into like those kind of topics because yep. we really know a lot and we work and talk with a lot of B two B companies, CEOs, decision makers, CMOs, and really have things things to share. So if anybody's listening, you have questions, feel free to send them anytime so we can maybe go into more specific or help you on your individual journey. So yeah, because we're in the trenches, like we're, we're there creating content and we've been doing it for a long, long time. But also, anyway, it was good seeing you. I, um, same. 
I'm going to see you next Wednesday. Actually, I have to send you a message after the after camera is off. But I'll talk to you soon, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, everyone. Talk next week. See you next Wednesday. Peace. Thank you.